the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Well, hot damn, if this ain't a big week on the pod, I don't know what is. Guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with me, Renee Paquette. This is a week of role models. Oh my God. First, we have the good Dr. DMD, Britt Baker on. And now, ladies and gentlemen, everyone hold on to your butts because we've got Bailey on the show. Bailey is legitimately one of my absolute favorite human beings. Um, one of my favorite people to have spent some good time with in the, the world of wrestling. She's a great human being. She's very charming. She's very funny. Uh, she's very interesting. She's got a great haircut, a great story. It was just a blast to get to hang out with her and get to catch up. We talk a bunch of things. We talk her, her feud with Michael Cole, my current ongoing favorite feud in, in WWE right now. We talk trying to get Beth Phoenix out from behind the announce table, which she's absolutely crushing, obviously. But we got to see her back in the ring at some point. And I think it's got to be against Bailey. We've seen the Twitter feud building, or at least I have, and I'm heavily invested. Uh, we talk about that. Uh, we just talk about Bailey's journey through WWE. We talk about her in wrestling in general, from you know starting out at NXT, working under Dusty Rhodes, um, him helping her develop her initial Bailey character, to wondering what Dusty would think of this new heel character of Bailey, of her cutting off the ponytail, coming out as a bad guy. She's reverted over to the dark side. Uh, a lot of good reminiscing. You guys are going to really enjoy this episode. I love Bailey. I would have her on a million different times. Hopefully you guys all enjoy it. So let's, it's enough of me blabbing about it. I don't know why I feel the need to tell you what we're going to talk about when you're here and you're going to listen to what we're talking about. A little prelude, if you will. A little setup. I don't know. Guys, here she is. The role model herself. Ding dong. Hello. It's Bailey. Before we get into um, all things Bailey, how about when I accidentally texted you that I was pregnant and thought that I was texting John? That was so amazing. I was, and I fell, I'm so sad that I fell asleep and then I woke up to that. I was just like, oh my God, she just told me something huge on accident, but like, I wasn't even there to, to respond to it. I was asleep. That was so I insane. was like crying, laughing. I thought this was, okay, so here's like the context of what happened. So I had like basically just found out that I was pregnant. Like nobody knew, obviously John knew, but I would, I had been texting back and forth all night. John was on the road. I was texting him. And then I was texting Bailey at the same time. Cause you were about to come to Vegas. So you were like planning a trip to Vegas. So we were trying to like get that all sorted. And we're going back and forth in my dumb pregnant ass. I like texted you being like, anyways, I got to go to bed. I'm feeling pregnant AF. <laughs> That's so funny part so John is a green texter. He has like a Samsung. So I was like, wait, that went to blue text. And, I, and then I followed up. I was like, Hey, by the way, yeah, I'm pregnant anyways. Bye. <laughs> and I was crying, imagining you laughing at it or like reading it. But then because it took so long to hear back from you, it made it even funnier because I, I assumed that you had fallen asleep. What's so funny is the way you said it, like pregnant AF. Not even like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm feeling pregnant. I was like, uh, and then luckily it's like, I don't know. I feel like if anybody else would have accidentally told me that they were pregnant or like nobody knew about it, they would freak out. Like, oh my God, please don't say anything. We're not ready. To talk. <laughs> but like, it's just you and like, you're so cool. So you're just like, oh my God, by the way, I'm <laughs> pregnant. If you didn't get that from the text message of me saying, I feel pregnant AF. 
Oh my God. Like fully, I was in like full tears, just laughing on my couch by myself, waiting for you to read this text. So I feel like that had like gotten out in a tweet before, but I don't feel like the context had ever actually been shared of what happened during that text. Right. I didn't want to share too much, but I just had to let the world know how hilarious it was. I was going to screenshot it. I wonder if I, I think I did screenshot. I, if I screenshot it, I will post it with this episode so that people can see that conversation because it was amazing. Yeah. I'm sure you like sent it to John or something like, uh, oops. (laughs) Um, okay. So back onto you and you being a part of one of my personal favorite feuds currently in WWE between yourself and Michael Cole. I was like, which one? I'm not in anything. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's my favorite thing of all time. Why did Michael Cole become your target? How did this happen? He's so annoying. Just look at him. No, <laughs> I, it just was, <laughs> you just look at his face and you're like, it was just because from the whole pandemic era where we had no, no crowd, nobody to play off of. And all like the only type of like, you know, what, what is it called? Reaction or like any words or like anything I heard was Graves and Michael Cole to my right. Every time I'm in the ring, every time I'm doing a promo, I could hear them freaking breathing, you know, like it, that's how quiet it was. So I just like started picking on them or talking back and people seemed to like it. So I was like, all right, we got to do something here because it's, it's so hard to watch without fan interaction. So I had to give him something and they're the only ones out there. And it just became so fun. And the fact that he's like really into it too. And he, he'll like jab me back. Like I love when he get he just makes fun of me and makes me look stupid and it's so fun. So I may as well keep it going. I'm trying to get a WrestleMania match with him since he's undefeated. He's undefeated. I'm sure he still has that singlet. I think he's probably ready to go. Um, cause I'm pissed cause you and I were supposed to have our mania moment. Obviously it's not happening right now, but I mean, there's no need for us to take that off the table entirely. We could get to it we at some point. Will. Um, but it legit made me sad that I was like, Oh, I wish I was still in commentary. I want to fight with Pam. With Pam <laughs> with Bailey. I know dude, that would be so fun. I like Beth always stands up for him too on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, well, you can exactly. fight Beth. Is that going to happen? Just try. Maybe I'll tweet it out after this. I will fight her. It's not like Beth can't wrestle. She's fully medically cleared. I mean, let's go. You can't have a hall of famer that is medically cleared on the commentary team and not have that turn into something at some point. I know I'm going to do it. Well, okay. So I don't know if you, if you saw, but at um, rumble, I, I shaved Cole's name in the back of my head. It's my favorite thing of all time. I wish you were there for when I revealed it to him. First of all, I got my head shaved and Graves was in there and I was like trying to debate what I want. Like, should I get a number one? Cause I'm the first entrant or should I just put Michael Cole's name and just be ridiculous? And he's like, I don't know, do whatever you want. And I was like, I think I'm gonna put Cole. And he was like, all right, you're crazy, whatever. And then at 20 minutes later, I see Michael and he's talking to like King and Bradshaw or something. And I say, excuse me, don't mean to interrupt. And then I make a big old like dramatic turn and I point at my head and he's like, you do know I'm not on commentary for that match. And he like almost <laughs> fell to the ground laughing. I've never seen him laugh like that. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you got Jerry out there. I was like, no way. What? Why did Graves oh, say anything? God. I was so, I was so well, pissed. What a dick. How did Graves not tell you that for one? And I mean, we, I, that's a really sad missed opportunity, but I'm really pissed that somebody like skinny Nikki didn't make this a dot-com exclusive. Yeah. We should have at least got that out. But I guess you didn't know, but like that, I died. Just seeing Cole carved into the back (laughs) of your head was my, it was my favorite thing. You always put good stuff in the back of your head, but the Cole one was truly your finest work. it may have been my favorite one. And now I want to get something for you next. I already know what I want. Just popped into my head. I'm ready. Either Moo or Oh Oh my God. (laughs) Or the reason why we say, Ayo. <laughs> oh my God. We'll at least get it. Nobody else will, but it's yeah. fine. Um, hey, did you know that Michael Cole is covered in Bruce Springsteen tattoos? No, but I re- do remember seeing tattoos on him when he wore a singlet. I think he has like 19 Springsteen tattoos or something. Like it's something crazy. It's something crazy. What a dork. <laughs> Um, Okay. So we're talking about you being able to hear commentary during your matches and stuff. How distracting can that be? To me, it's not distracting, I guess, or it hasn't been yet, but it is actually really good for um, when we're having a match. Now I'm going to give out some secrets. 
when we're having a match, um, sometimes I could hear them say, oh, we're going to see a replay of this. Like if I'm pinning somebody, I hear, let's watch that back. And they're, they're watching the replay. So like, not that I could see that they're doing a replay anywhere, but I can hear that they are. So I know to like not do anything yet. Oh, that's so smart. to me, I've just learned of ways to like, it just helps me. And I think it's, it's really what helped me find my voice as a, as my new character, like was developing. So it hasn't been distracting yet. Aside from Cole, just saying it's boss time every 20 seconds. That can get pretty annoying. Either you know? that or the big dog. I think he stopped saying the big dog. So at least we've put that to rest for the time <laughs> being. Thank God. If he can say ding dong as many times as he <laughs> says it's boss time, then we're, we got money, you know? Please. We need more of that <laughs> happening. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's no, everyone talks about this, about just how much you and Sasha in particular, like have been thriving during this Thunderdome era. Did it take you a second to find your footing? I mean, somebody like you, I mean, your character from the get-go has been so dependent on the crowd and audience feedback. I mean, just from your entrance alone, obviously when you uh, turned to the old dark side, things changed a little bit, but how much different was that for you to get used to? It was so weird. I mean, I didn't think we'd be doing this as long as we have. I can't believe it's been over a year and we're barely going to have fans back. But as, as weird as it was just on that first day, I remember talking to Daniel Bryan and Cena was there. And they were kind of having a conversation and Cena was like, you know what? I've done everything and this is, but I haven't done this. I haven't been in a WWE ring on TV with zero fans out there. So he's like, so it's kind of like a good challenge and, and it's going to be something new for me to learn. And like that instantly just changed my whole mindset on it. And I was like, you know what? He's so right. If we can do this, then like, we can do anything, you know, and we did. And so like, I had to go in with that mindset of, we have to prove that we can do this without the fans. We have to prove like our characters are stronger than, you know, I don't know. We don't have to lean on that as, as even though our, our, our shows are 90% fan, you know, interaction. They take and, over um, the shows a majority of the time, Totally. but even for you to like, did you think about it the first time you had to go out and do a promo and realize, oh, I don't have to give beats the same way I normally would to wait for reactions. You can just give a promo the way that you would say you were doing a movie or TV or something. Yeah, totally. Like that, that's um, which, which I felt really lucky that I had Sasha with me because we could just play off each other. For me, everyone's like, oh, it's so easy to be a bad guy. And it's so, so much more fun. But I had such a hard time because I was the good guy for seven years, my whole career, you know, like the huggable one, whatever. So like, for me, it was hard to make people believe that I can be a jerk, which like, I really am a jerk guys. Just ask Renee. Uh, yeah. Um, total jerk. I, I'm <laughs> sick of her shit. I have been for years, <laughs> but like, I didn't have to, if I'm talking, like I didn't have to pay attention to the people not buying into it or to people being like, all right, you're, that's not really you. I'm not going to, I'm not buying a ticket to watch you as this new character. It's stupid. It's not going to work. So I was able to just do me and grow that way and not worry about people yelling stuff and hurting my feelings, you know? Yeah, we don't need any of that. Listen, we're already in a pandemic. Let's lay off the feelings for a second. <laughs> one time I did a um, one time I did a, a promo of some, I forget where, somewhere in Canada. My people. But it was when I hurt my shoulder and I was saying that I can't compete in SummerSlam and they were like booing me. They thought it wasn't real. I'm like, guys, I'm pouring my heart out. Okay. So I didn't, I don't have to deal with that stuff. So it's nice. I mean, you look at something <laughs> like, I mean, this was like very early on the pandemic, but when uh, Mandy and Sonia were doing their storyline and like, I don't know that that would have got over necessarily the same way that would have if, if a crowd had been there, like that was a great moment for them to have like what just felt like such a real authentic moment without pandering to the crowd in any way. Like there's a lot of people whose characters have actually been able to really thrive during this era. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people have really like, you really have to dig deep, but they kind of found what like the core of them. It really feels like everybody did. And it, like you said, like you, you can just have more moments and more facials and more deeper storytelling kind of with without the fan there. It just feels a little more intimate. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. 
So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in-play, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA in-play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in-play today. Um, Okay, so you're doing your talk show. How did this idea come about? It's fantastic. Listen, I'm all about that talk show world and you're thriving in it. (laughs) Dude, one time they just text me the the couple days before TV and they're like, Hey, so we're going to start this talk show for you. And I was like, you got, I'm not going to have a talk show. Like why, why, what am I going to talk about? I never, it was not my idea at all. I just had no idea why they wanted to do that. But I was like, all right, cool. They must think I'm kind of entertaining and they like how I talk now. So I was really nervous about it, but, um, I was excited and, and like the way they had it mapped out was like a typical talk show. You know, it was like, all right, we're going to have the two chairs here. And then, and then we're going to have the set here and this. And I was like, no, 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 no. You guys are giving me a talk show. Like I'm going to set it up how I want to. So I'm like, we need a door. We need a big chair. I don't want my guests to have a chair. Why did you want the door? What, where did the door idea come from? Because it's just ding dong. Like it's like ringing the doorbell, you know? So I thought it would be funny. And I thought it'd be funny just to have a random door, like in the middle of a ring. <laughs> It was so awesome because while we're setting up the first one, there's like some of the girls and stuff around the ring, like, oh, you should get a welcome mat. You should get a plant. You should get this. And I'm like writing it down. They go get it for me. So it's, it's hilarious and fun. Shout out to props, just making stuff happen. You're like, Hey, I need this. And they're like, okay, we probably have something in the truck somewhere. Like they're like the, the, the stuff that they can pull out of the back of that truck sometimes cracks me up. I know. And you should see them carrying that door into the ring. It takes like 10 people. I have to thank them so much every time. I'm like, thank you guys. I know it's a pain in the ass. The turtleneck and the glasses. Is this some like Sally, Jesse, Raphael deal? What, what's with the wardrobe? <laughs> okay. So I didn't want to be like my in-ring character who has a talk show. That just felt weird to me. Cause like, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to grow my character a little different, like a little insane, aggressive little, I don't know. So I was like, she can have a talk show. So I just wanted to be like a whole different type of character. And I couldn't tell if I wanted to be like this, this talk show host that's trying too hard and I'm trying too hard to look the part, or do I just want to look ridiculous? Either way, I wanted to look stupid and funny and just, I don't know, poke fun at the idea. So I was actually texting skinny Nikki um, when I was shopping the day of, and I'm like, dude, should I get a ridiculous big jacket or should I just go the turtleneck route? Cause I'm feeling the turtlenecks and he was like, do it. And then I just, as I'm shopping, I felt like, um, when I was starting my hugger character in the mall, I'm just like, Ooh, that would be good with it. That would be good. I'm just buying these big, ridiculous necklaces. The glasses is hilarious. You should see when people, when I'm buying this stuff that people are like, uh, okay. <laughs> this is a weird purchase. Yeah. What are you? And so I'm having fun with that. When you think back to like starting the hugger character, cause Dusty was like really behind you getting the hugger character together. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he was just such a, such a driving force and getting that together. Like I would love to like be able to hear Dusty's thoughts on like the things you're doing now to see, especially like oh for you to cut off the ponytail. Like, could you imagine what that conversation would have been like with Dusty for you to be like, Hey, ponytails going. What do you think he would say? I think about that too. I'm like, first, I think he would be so upset because he's the one who told me my first match to put, I took my ponytail out. I was wrestling Fox and it was my first time debuting the character. And I took my ponytail out when I got in the ring. Cause I figured like, there's no way they'll let me wear this. And Dusty was yelled at me when I came back, like, don't ever take the ponytail down. And I was like, okay. So I never did again. And that made me, so I think he would be like a little disappointed or sad maybe Cause he went through everything with me. Like he helped me try to help me with my promos for years, you know? And then now t- to the point where I have my own talk show and I'm a completely different character and look completely different. I think he'd be so, so I hope he'd be so, so proud. And I think he'd be like really under- entertained by it. You know, it's funny. Cause I feel like it would be one of the things of like, no, you can't change that. But then like, Oh, actually this is great one, like just lean right into that. I mean, I remember being at the building cause you cut your hair at T-Mobile in Las Vegas 
And I remember that being like such a pivotal moment. Jackie, who is the head of the makeup department at WWE, she was like, Yo, shout out Jackie. We love you. And you guys were just like tucked away in the back of the locker room in like a separate little area. And like, I mean, everyone just started gathering around to be like, what is happening? How nervous were you to do that? Dude, I was so nervous that I was a little like shaken up the whole, it took me like at least a week to get used to it. I was pretty shaken up. And like you said, like everybody was there, which made me feel really special. Like my hair was a big deal, you know, it's like, but that's my, this is my living. Like my ponytail is like my, what I made a living off of. So it was very nerve wracking. And I remember, um, cause this was all thrown together so fast where I pitched cutting my hair. I pitched changing my gear, changing my character and like all this stuff. And within a three day span. So when Jackie cut my hair that morning, I was so nervous because it was that I was doing that that night and it was in a few hours or whatever. And then I had to go show Vince. Oh my God. What was that first moment? Like he was in the production office and I walked in, I'm like, all right, Vince, here I am. And then he kind of just stared at me for a second. And then I like spun around, like, let me make sure he knows that I cut my hair. And like, I don't know. I just did like an awkward spin and he goes, looks awesome. And I was like, Oh my God, you have to say that faster because there's no going back. No. And you have like very thick hair. You couldn't just pop in like a weave. It would be, it just couldn't work. Yeah. So luckily he liked it. And, and like me and Jackie laugh, like, I think we, even you, you were still there when we were talking about it, but it's like, my hair just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And like, cause Jackie's so cool. She'll just be, she'll be trimming it. And she's like, do you want to go a little bit shorter? Like, do you, what do you think about shaving the back of your head? What do you think about doing this and this? And I'm just so open to it. Cause like, I don't really care. I was like, yeah, cool. Let's try it. I love that attitude. Cause I feel like people get so uptight about their hair. It's like, it's just hair. Relax. It's going to grow. Like it's fine. Also you're in good hands with Jackie. She knows what she's doing. She knows her way around a salon and some scissors. She's cut my hair in a hotel room many, many times. Oh yeah. That, that's where it's like the hotel or she'll do it. She's so awesome. She'll like stay late after the show. Even when I have talking smack, she'll stay and then cut it, trim it afterwards. She does my makeup in like 30 minutes. She is awesome. Yeah. She's an absolute saint. I, so I remember when I cut my hair for the first time, cause I had like my long extensions, fake ass hair for a while. And I was like, I'm going to cut my hair, but I didn't get mine approved. I'm also not Bailey. So I didn't think anyone would care as much. I was like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm going to cut my hair. I can't remember what town we were in, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I did a backstage with whoever. And as soon as the camera cut to me and then we were like done the backstage, Kevin Dunn's in my ear. He's like, where'd your hair go? What happened? And I was like, um, I think it's in a salon in New York. somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. He was fine about it, but I was like, oh God, am I in trouble? Cause I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think to like, get that approved. I mean, I don't, I never considered myself like a character on TV the way that you are. I'm not selling merch or anything, but it was terrifying. It's awesome that he noticed, you know, how like some, I mean, like people don't notice or guys don't notice really. So it's awesome that he's just like, Hey, what the, yeah, the tone made me feel like maybe I was in trouble, but it all passed. It's fine. Him and I've had ongoing battles for years about hair and wardrobe and it's a uh, kind of the thing that we argue about. So it's fine. It's how we, it's how we get on. You need to chop it again. We're the Bob sisters, dude. My hair's so long. I know I'm trying to grow it out. I mean, it's so long. I'm That's trying to awesome. grow it because I feel like being pregnant, I need to like not deal with a Bob and be able to just throw it up and not have a mess of hair all around me. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dum-dum like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. Okay. So you talk about starting out being at NXT, working with Dusty, getting your first hugger Bailey character together to where you're at now. You've really grown up. You went from like being like, you know, in your like mid early twenties 
to now this character that you're at, how much pressure is that? Or do you think about the fact that you're just in the spotlight all the time during these like really important years? I love it. And I still, I still, I still have so much I want to do. Like, you know, so I got signed when I was 23 and I, I've been here for at least eight years now, you know, and like my first eight days there, I thought I wasn't going to last as I was like homesick already. And it was way too hard. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't like, it just felt weird. It didn't feel like I was connecting to it. And now I've been here for eight years and have been able to literally do everything and more that I've ever wanted to do. But there's still so much that I, I, that I feel like I need to do to feel complete with everything here, especially like starting a new character. It feels like I've just started over. So what are some of the things that you want to do? Well, I really want to make this talk show thing. Awesome. Like I really want to um, make it bigger and be able to do that and be able to have like main event matches, even if, if it's in the same night. We've not had a talk show that's like stuck for a while. There's been a lot of new ones and like, there's been lots of different versions, but there's not been one that's really had legs that has like stood the test of time. So maybe this, this is your spot. This is your time to take it. I hope so. I feel like I'm, I want to just be the most uh, well-rounded person that they have on the roster as far as even, I mean, men and women, because like, I want to be able to be a champion and have main event matches and do main event WrestleManias and also be awesome as a talk show host and such a different character. And I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. I, I could say things like I want to win the Royal Rumble one day and I want to have a singles title match at WrestleMania, but I want to do so much like such a full circle thing where it's like, they can rely on me to be like, okay, what she can do that. She can do that. We need this. Let's have Bailey do it. Or, and I always talk about like, you're like the Miss Congeniality. <laughs> you just kind of get to do it all yeah. and like thrive in it. I mean, even you look at like what you and Sasha were able to do to get the tag titles put together for the women's division. And that was something that, you know, so many people have been clamoring to get, but you guys were really fighting tooth and nail to get those titles brought into WWE. Yeah, we, we really did. And we really, I still feel there's so much more they can do with the tag division for sure. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think we, we had so much fun our second run because that was like what we really wanted to do. And I wish it could have gone on longer, but just to be a couple of idiots, like literally on every single show, I wish we could have done NXT more. I wish we could have done raw more, but like that was literally how we wanted the tag titles to be represented. And um, now they have them in NXT, you know, like it's so, it's so awesome. They had a whole tournament for it at NXT, like to see the way that was all coming together and you could feel that importance. Cause you know, so many of the girls at NXT also feel that same way that they want to have that tag division. They want to make that something that's like legit, not just like two random people thrown together. Like there's people that want to just work as tag partners. So let's give them that damn platform. That was a big thing for it too, because we were on, you know, house shows every single week, you know, four house shows or whatever. And we'd always be thrown in tag matches just to get everybody on the show. But we never, we just did a tag match, but we never really learned the psychology of tag team wrestling. And once we did that, like we sat down with um, Dax and Cash so hard to call them that now. I get so confused every time. I hesitate every time before I say it. I'm like, wait, am I saying this right or wrong? Yeah, I have to like think of their Twitter handles to like figure out. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> me too. So <laughs> that once like we sat and learned from them and just watching their matches, I really fell in love with it. So it made, made the titles, it made me want to fight for it even more. It made the titles so much more to me. And it makes me want to like, it also gives something for all the girls to do because you can't always go after the, the women's title. It gives them, you know, something to fight for something to look forward to, but it also kind of just makes you fall in love with wrestling in a different way too. Yeah. So like, what were some of those conversations that you would have with those guys that made you fall in love? Cause I mean, obviously, I mean, anyone that anyone's listening to this podcast obviously is following wrestling and sees the love of these two that uh, cash and Dax have for tag team wrestling. <laughs> Uh, what were those conversations like that you guys had? Um, so they would really, would, he was make us watch Arn and Tully all the time. Was, <laughs> I'd be like, Hey, get, can I have a match that you want me that I should study, you know, just for the basics of a, of the storytelling you could. So, you know, you can tell by watching a tag match that you, you get beat up for a long time and you're just working for that big tag. Cause you want to see all the fireworks happen and all that stuff. But they would teach us how to, how much you can tease that and make the people anticipate it or think that it's going to happen or make it happen. But then you, all the fireworks start and then something happens to where it's like, Oh no, that's not, it's not the end of the match. I thought it was. So like just to how to 
because fans are so conditioned to wrestling matches. So yeah, they really it's like that formulaic us. style that they get so used to where they're supposed to step up and get their chance in and whatever. Yeah. And li- literally like the stuff you see Dax mostly um, tweet about, about the tag rope and keeping your feet on the ground when you make a tag and like keeping them in the corner. And really, he really like pounded that into our heads too. It's just like, it's so important because uh, a lot of people don't do it or they think that it doesn't matter. But when, you know, I think that's one of the main reasons Arn and Tolly love them so much is because they pay attention to the little details. And, you know, that's, that's huge for, for any, any wrestler or anybody trying to learn. And it was just their passion, like all the passion they had to, into tag team wrestling. It made us want to make them proud too. What good guys. They're yeah, great. They're great. I love those I two love dudes. them. Okay. So you talked about being at NXT and your first couple of days feeling like you weren't sure if you were going to hack it or if you were homesick or whatever. Was there a time that you really deeply can like reconsidered if this was something that you wanted to do or legitimately were like, I need to have a backup plan or whatever. I don't remember a specific moment, but I just remember like I had a one student or I had a studio apartment in Tampa and I literally slept on an air mattress and had the tiniest TV and like I would eat tuna and egg whites every day because like we were also on the verge of they had told me like we're going to move to Orlando soon so don't get too comfortable in Tampa so I didn't even buy furniture or anything but I think training and then the promos always got me and then going home to an empty studio and being so far away from home I was homesick and I felt like I was just I didn't feel comfortable like it wasn't cozy I wasn't eating right and and I really was like it's not wrestling. Like at that time, it was really hard. They were telling us like we've, I know Sasha talks about this in past interviews too, but um, they would tell us wrestle like a girl. And I just didn't understand that. I'm like, why did you hire me for my wrestling? If you're not going to let me wrestle like that. It was just, I was, it was hard to balance that. And, and I've put over AJ Lee so much, but she's the one who was like, just stick, stick to you, be you. And Obviously you're going to have, you work for them. So you're going to have to do a little bit of what they want, but as long as you stay true to who you are, like you just have to um, be patient kind of, that was maybe six months in. And I, I was just struggling up until then, until she basically said, it's okay to be myself. People can say like, it's like, Oh, just relax, be yourself. Like it's hard to get into that mindset, especially if you are surrounded by things that are not that. Yeah. You know, whether, you know, it's like, cause I was reading one of these interviews that you had done as, as I'm prepping for this as a real journalist does and talking about having, you know, showing up in the dresses and the high heels. And like, I remember those phases cause that's always been sort of uncomfortable for me as well. But I remember you coming in, you know, coming to buildings in those dresses and whatnot. And like, it's so impractical. Yeah. You can't even bring your luggage. Like I would, I would walk from my car into the building in these damn dresses and you'd walk five steps, drop your bags, bring your skirt down again, yes. walk another 10 steps. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why are we doing this? And no <laughs> one's even seeing me. Seriously. I go right into the locker room and change. Yes. Uh, it's what so is terrible. the point of this? And my like, child like nuts. wonky knees. And so I'm trying to wear these, like, even they're like, my friends make fun of me. Cause they're like, you wear four inch heels. How do you even consider that heels? I'm like, shut up. It hurts my knees. So like once I was, you know, just gave up or not gave up, but I'm like, you know what? No one sees me. No one even cares what I dress like. There's other ways to like dress up and be presentable. That's not a bandage dress. Thank God fashion has gotten better since like the like mid, well, I guess that would have been what, like 2014. Yeah. I guess about that time things have changed since then. Thank God. I know. Thank God. Um, AJ, you guys still stay in touch. Actually, yeah. Punk told me to make sure to say hi to you. He was messaging Aww. me, saw that you were going to be on the show. He said, Pamela a ding dong. Yes. Said to say hi. <laughs> oh, he's so cool. <laughs> he's so nice to me. I think he's really cool to me because she loves me or like, I don't want to say she loves me, but like, yeah, we've stayed in touch since she's been gone. And we were just, I just texted her on her birthday um, the other day. And what I sent her a video of a dog that I was petting. Like we, we love sharing pictures of our dogs to each other. Um, and we love, like, I was just tech or tweeting Dawkins about this, uh, about still having my Christmas tree up. Oh my God. Because, so I did this a few years, of, a few years ago, because I sent AJ a picture of flex probably. And my tree was in the background and she just commented, she's like, dude, 
I'm so, and it may have been like January or something. And she's like, I still have my tree up too. That makes me so happy. So then we kind of like had a competition of who's going to leave their tree up longer. And now I just do it every year and I send her pictures of it. So when do you take it down? Is there a time that you go, okay, enough's enough? Um, probably in the summer. I, that's probably the latest I would go, but I should, maybe I'll take it down in April. I mean, it, it just makes me happy. You should take, it can be like your mania moment. You can take it down at mania. That'll be my mania moment. Yeah. I love it. I love her though. She's great. She is great. Yeah. I mean, she's just given so much to, to women's wrestling and obviously it's, it's cool that she still continues to, and, you know, maintaining friendships with, with certain people. Um, but okay. So WrestleMania is here two nights and there's going to be fans. How crazy is that going to be? And I can't believe it's been a full year since last WrestleMania and we had it was an empty building and it was so weird. Remember just like the pressure of last year of being like, wait, how are we going to, is WrestleMania canceled? What's going to happen? Of course, WrestleMania, like the show goes on in WWE, but like there was a moment of being like, what's going to happen? Whether I do something or not, like I'm going to be at both nights because I'm just so, I, I miss the fan energy. Yeah. And I think it's going to be so cool. I, and I even bought tickets for my family. I'm like, you guys have to go. Like, this is going to be huge. You don't, it's probably going to be the best show because of, the performers and us wrestlers like have just missed that so much. And some of the fans, I'm assuming they're going to lose their minds because not only have you seen, not seen wrestling in over a year, but like, there's no concerts, there's no anything. There's no barely sporting events are started coming back, but like they need to release that. So has <laughs> to be a lot of pent up energy. Yeah. Everyone's just going to be screaming both nights. You know, it's like nonstop noise. So here's the big question. What I think basically this interview should be summarized as when do we get Haley Williams to play you out at WrestleMania? What is going on? I don't understand why this hasn't happened. I don't get why I'm going to say she's being a little stingy on this because this needs to happen. What's going on? Okay. Well, the thing is, is that she agreed to it. You know, actually she little, she misunderstood it a little bit. She said that I can play Simmer, which is her, was her hit single when um, she had her first single album come out, which she's had like friggin' two now. Um, so she said I can play Simmer at WrestleMania, but I asked if she could play Simmer for me. Cause dude, when I was starting this character, when we were driving, I think it was, I don't know, driving to the PC every day, doing shows and taping shows with my new character, Simmer just connected with me. And I would like play it so loud and it would just put me in this like angry mode and just really get me into character. So I thought it would be so cool if she played uh, my entrance, but I don't have a match this year. So I don't think that's going to happen. Which is crazy, by the way, I'll say it on your behalf. And you're not even the host of Mania? Come on. <laughs> Who's dropping know, the ball yeah. around here? <laughs> uh, but you know what? Maybe I could just ask. I know it's coming up soon. If Haley can just play Simmer and I could just be there and just like rocking out. That'll be my WrestleMania moment. Well, I just feel like the relationship needs to be more established because I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, it's what she was doing like an Instagram live or something. And weren't you like, isn't that where you asked her? So she probably did not think yeah. you were actually a WWE superstar. She's probably like, yeah, sure. I'll play your song or you can play my song at WrestleMania. Oh, she knows me. She knows how annoying I am. (laughs) And I'm not saying like she knows me, but leading up until, so I've met her twice leading up into that was like, I was a tweeter all the time. Like, please notice me type of thing as, as we fans do. And she answered me like twice before I met her. So then when we finally got to meet, she kind of was like, oh, hey, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see you live your dream. Like, I don't know if she's being like default, like nice to me. And but she knew that, like, I'm the WWE wrestler who always tweets her. And then I met her the second time and she had, it seemed a little more personal where it was like, OK, she does remember me. So I'm pretty sure she if she saw my name pop up, I don't know, maybe not. It seems like a huge missed opportunity to me. I don't know. Let's get it trending. Like, what, what should we do? Like, hashtag Haley Bailey or something? Or like... Perfect. Haley Bailey mania? We're getting close to WrestleMania, so it's time to get this trending. Because this is some bullshit that it's <laughs> not actually happened. It will happen. I'm going to make it happen. Do you play guitar? Uh, I you dabble. Say, I don't. I, I, you don't? No, I have one. And I wanted, <laughs> I told myself I would learn. You, you know, a couple chords. Cause what, like Elias would show you some stuff. 
right? Yeah. And then, I mean, you just recently posted the photo because you did jump up on stage with a band at some festival and played a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So that I, though I took guitar in high school because my dad bought me an acoustic guitar and I didn't know why. Well, I didn't ask for this, but I, I was like, I may as well put it to use. And the only song I remember playing was Ode to Joy. It's just like a Christmas song, right? So, so whenever Elias was around or whenever there's a guitar, I just grab it and I'm like, you guys want to hear something? And I just play the same song. And like, literally everybody knows that I'm going to play Ode to Joy. And I just, you guys want to hear it? And I would just play it. So like I talked to this band Neck Deep, we went to one of their shows and we were, they were brought us back and I just said, yeah, I play guitar and just mentioned that. And they were playing in Austin the following week, which I was going to, and they're like, dude, we will let you play if you want in front of the crowd. And I was freaking out. I was like, okay. And it's like Lil Wayne, Blink-182 and Neck Deep. So I pretty much opened for Lil Wayne, Blink-182 and Neck Deep. You opened for Lil Wayne and Blink-182 and Neck Deep by playing Ode to Joy. I'm a badass. Hell yeah. And I was a SmackDown Women's Champion. So yeah, you see that WWE? Yeah, guys, this woman does it all. Do not underestimate her in any capacity. Maybe Haley can play Simmer at WrestleMania and then I will follow up with Ode to Joy to main event that. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for Over Under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash Over Under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Um, one other thing I would like to talk to you about before I let you go, because this is, I, my, this is like my new favorite thing is when I have my friends on the show and then I'm doing research of like, oh, what should I talk to them about? And I'm like Googling you and like the dumb things that come up. When I just Googled like Bailey, WWE, one of the first suggestions that came up was, is Finn Balor married to Bailey? (laughs) Oh my God. Why is that a number one question? I don't know. That is weird. But I, God, well, we had an awesome story. Not even, it wasn't even a storyline. We kind of made it up ourselves in NXT. He sprained his ankle, so he wasn't having a match and Everybody thought it would be funny if I did his entrance because my character is just so whatever. And then like they loved it so much. It got like so many views on YouTube. Someone posted it and then he did my entrance and then they started like teaming us together on NXT shows. And so we just kind of rolled with it. Everyone just liked that. I think because like I was such a such a different character and he was like the demon and like seeing us together was just insane. And then one time I was I had gotten in trouble for this in my past relationship. Um, we took a picture with his parents and we're just like, Hey, hanging out backstage. And so people were like, Oh my God, are they really together? We're obviously not married. He's married to a beautiful woman and he seems so happy. Um, but <laughs> that was so fun. We had so much fun with each other. And then we got to be mixed match challenge partners. That's right. Yes. Oh, good old MMC baby. I know Facebook live. Oh my <laughs> God. What a time that, yeah. Jeez, take it back. I just love that that was like a, a thing that was like still popping up. I mean, obviously it's like Bailey Sasha, Bailey SmackDown Women's Champion, then like married to Finn Balor. I was like, wait, what? That's so weird. I've never seen that. Um, okay, final thing. Uh, you love wrestling. You love women's wrestling. Who, what's your dream match that you have that you still want to tick off? And who are some of the women that you want to see flourish in WWE, maybe signed to WWE? What do you see? What's in the tea leaves for women's wrestling? Oh my gosh. I have so many people I want to wrestle still. Um, Lita is obviously the the main one because she's, she was my hero growing up. So like that would be a full circle moment for sure. 
Trish got to have a match. Why can't, <laughs> why can't I wrestle Lita? Yeah, let's go. She's in shape. She's ready to go. Right. I also loved Victoria and she was, I, man, when she was in the rumble, I was like, beat me up. Let's do this. <laughs> like, let's just hang out all the time. Um, so I would love to wrestle her as well, as far as, you know, legends and women in the past. Um, I think, I feel like I praise the same people all the time. The same people that still haven't had that like big spotlight. Um, Peyton Royce, Liv Morgan. I love Ruby Riot as well. Um, they're just all, they're so talented, you know, like, and nobody gets to see it yet in the way that it's not even like in the ring. It's like the way they think and the way they talk about wrestling and their passion for it. That's what draws me. Peyton started to get that moment, like that momentum with her moment on, I believe it was raw talk. We're yeah. like, Oh damn. Like she cut that promo. And I mean, that's essentially what raw talk and talking smack are for is to let people that maybe aren't getting the TV time that they deserve to get a little moment to shine and really show people what they have. And Peyton Royce, 100% did that. I mean, her saying that line, I'm haunted by my potential. Oh God. That gave me chills. She slept on your floor for a while, didn't she? Yeah. Her and Billy. Yeah. When they first moved over to America because, uh, they like, you know, I, I don't know, but like visas and all that stuff, they couldn't get an apartment yet. And they were just, you know, new to America. So I at least had somewhere to like, I could help them and drive them to uh, practice and help them feel a little comfortable and show them America. Like, you know, they were only there for maybe less than a month, but I, I always think that's really cool that we were able to share that time together. Cause it was really hard for them, you know, like they were very homesick and I felt like it was, it was a little nice for them to have someone to like, especially they had each other, their best friends. That whole thing's very stressful. I mean, you come in to come to America and you don't have like, I remember, I remember sitting and crying outside of a T-Mobile cause I couldn't get a phone. Cause my like credit from Canada didn't carry over to the U S and I was like, I just need a phone. Can I just pay you for the phone? They're like, Nope. My credit was zero or like, it just didn't exist. So I had to start everything from scratch. And it was like, yeah, I, I cried a lot on the floor of my apartment. I give you guys props, everybody that comes over, you know, and this works and, you know, lives overseas or lives, you know, in Canada, a different country, whatever. I, I give everyone props because I just seeing them, what they went through and, how they had to, they would ask me questions. I'm like, I honestly, I don't know because it was kind of easy for me to move from California to Florida, you know, and it makes, puts my situation in perspective. Like, Oh my God, my family's on the other side of the country, but I can fly there in five hours. So like seeing what they went through, like, that's also another reason where I'm like, damn dude, she's here. Like Peyton, Billy too. Like, we're getting to see her shine now, but it's like, She's so far away from her family and she has so much potential. I always, when she first got signed, like she reminded me of Sasha, the way she moves and the way she, the way her body moves, the way she wrestles and just a little like detailed thing she did. So like right away, she, I was like, whoa, this chick is going to be awesome. And it's only a matter of time. I know, but I'm just getting impatient for some of them. <laughs> you know, that's sort of how it goes. And it's like, you know, people get impatient. And I think sometimes that as frustrating as that process can be, it ultimately leads to people's greatness because it allows them that time to sort of like stew in that sort of like angst of knowing what they want to do and then being more prepared for when that opportunity is finally there. You're like, I'm going to knock this out of the park. When that, when you get handed the ball, finally, it's like, that's the time to like really go for it. I feel like that's just like when people's careers just totally take off. I mean, even like for you looking at what you've been able to do with yourself as a heel and it's like you take that time to getting to that point. And even now of like having the talk show and obviously everyone in WWE like fully trusts you on a mic and they want you to be in that spot. But those are things that just like they take longer to get there for everyone to like be on the same page. And when everything like is all aligned, it just works. I don't know. I feel like it, it will pay off. And it's just like, it could, it's maybe not the, the way you want it to go, or it didn't happen as fast as you wanted it to. And like, it never does. But, um, I think like you said, like it just, you're just, you're growing either way, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, you have to take notes. Okay. Why isn't this working? Why aren't I on TV this week? What do I need to fix? So it does really make you sit and think. And then you, when you get that little bit of time, you get that four minute match. It's like, all right, let me show you what you've been freaking missing out on. And then it's like, whoa, and then it explodes. All right, I'll let you get back to your day and drinking your gallon of water. It's been lovely to see you, get to have you on the show, back-to-back -back role models. You're the OG role model. I am. Shout out to Britt, though. 
Respect. I will. Uh, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you down the line. Enjoy WrestleMania. Thank you. I will. I hope are you, you won't no, be No, I'm going to no. stay home and just be pregnant for a bit. All right. You do that. You're a beautiful pregnant woman. I, I got know. my boobs out the other day. That was a doozy. That was a treat for everyone. <laughs> I got hot after I posted that. I, I like physically got warm because I took that video and I was like, oh my God, why did I just post that? What? I was like, <laughs> freaked me out. <laughs> It scared me. Anyways, guys, that's what I'm working with. That's what my body looks like right now. Soak it in, save it to your files, whatever you got to do. That's all I have oh, to I offer. Did. Mentally. <laughs> all right, bud. I will, I'll talk to you later. I'll, I'll text you in a group chat with Skinny Nikki later. Hey-o. Hey-o. All right. Bye. Bye, bud. Even if you loved her before, You love her even more now. Who doesn't love Bailey? She's honestly one of the absolute best things going in WWE right now. And I'm honestly not just saying that because she is a good friend of mine. Um, Seeing the growth of her character. I can actually remember being at ringside the night that she was able to uh, to, to cash in and become uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion. Just seeing her come down and to see her become champ and see her stand up on the top rope and in this new character. And it was, it was just so cool. I've always been so proud of being able to watch her grow and thrive. And she's just someone that loves wrestling so much. How can you not root for that? You know, anyways, I hope that you guys really like this. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but in the world of podcasting, this is a thing that I'm learning as well. As much as we're like, you know, 25, 26 episodes in wherever we're at, it's still new. We've only been doing this for a couple of months. Uh, but I'm realizing the importance of what it means for you guys to go on to, to iTunes, um, to wherever you guys are listening to your podcast and to make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast and leaving the comments and like the star ratings. Apparently that's Trey important. So if you guys could go on there and do that, that would do me a huge solid. Also, while you're at it, um, if you're not already following my Instagram and Twitter is both at Renee Paquette. For the Volume Network, both at Instagram and Twitter is at the Volume Sports, and we have YouTube, which has been steadily growing. I feel like we got like a good couple thousand followers within the last couple of days. So thank you guys. I know I've been pumping it out to you guys to remind you to uh, to subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave the comments, interact, hang out because we're releasing the full length episodes of these interviews all on YouTube. If in case you want to watch us all hang out. There's also just eclipse on there, some other content. So don't miss it. Go on YouTube. Just search Renee Paquette. It will pop up there. Subscribe. Enjoy the content. Thanks for hanging out with me again today. Again, hell of a week. Role model week here on Oral Sessions, baby. Baby.